What's up, everybody? It is I, IBS Jesus, coming at you again with the IBN Weekly NBA Podcast. I've got with me my co-host, Corey Carlton, and um, I was supposed to have Maurice, but tonight he's actually got a reason not to be here. He's apparently working. So, we got dark skin versus light skin. I'm not going to get ganged up on tonight. I'm excited about that. Corey, how you feeling, man? I'm good, man. You know, um, it's good to be a fan of the best player in the NBA. <laughs> You're funny. I didn't know you became a, a fan of Jason Tatum over the last week. That's crazy. Sorry, who? <laughs> we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. But no, it, it's good that you mentioned Russell Westbrook because um, the first topic that I wanted to bring this week, uh, something that uh, kind of caught my eye last week, and unfortunately, I couldn't catch the entire game. But there were two key matchups between our rising rookies and uh, our already established superstars. And one of the first ones was uh, Ja versus Harden slash Westbrook. So um, I know coming out of uh, Murray State, I don't know if you said it either in the group or what, but we had been talking and we kind of said, or at least I said, that I thought Ja was a, a more – efficient scoring version of Russell Westbrook. Like he gets to the basket. He's super athletic. Um, and he's got that kind of tenacious, uh, attitude about him. Um, uh, did you see any of that when they matched up, um, this past week? Yeah. John's like, John is, has that, but he's just not the same, like build, you know, like one, yeah. the thing about Russ is like, he's almost like a bowling ball like running back build, whereas Jai more like a wide receiver build. So the athleticism there, the reckless style of attacking the rims there, but Josh still has a long way to go when it comes to kind of that avoiding contact thing. Uh, but he's obviously miles ahead of where Westbrook was coming out when it comes to like shooting the rock or even distributing the basketball. But yeah, I definitely see the comparison and I think you see the respects there when Ja went in for that reckless dunk and almost killed himself early in the year Westbrook was in street clothes and went up to him and was like, hey, man, you could take years off your career doing that. And then you saw before this game, Ja was like, yeah, Westbrook's highly disrespected. Like, people take him for granted. So you can see the mutual respect is there. So Westbrook don't help nobody. So clearly if he went out of his way to give him some advice, you know, he holds him in high regard and vice versa, obviously. Yeah, and he kind of hinted to that when he responded to, like, oh, yeah, that's cool, thanks, but I'm here to beat everybody. <laughs> and that's just kind of how Russ is. Um, but I guess the positive in, in the whole, uh, I guess, outcome of the game is that the Rockets look pretty good um, when Westbrook is, I guess, controlling the team, per se. I, I do like, I guess I would say, I, I do like this, this idea of Harden off the ball more. I feel like he's just a, he's just better. When he's like that, I think he made what seven for twelve from three point range or something like that. So I mean, if you could get that more consistently, I mean, they're going to be a hard team to beat. Um, does it bother you a little bit though that it seems like the Grizzlies still kind of hold job back a little, or that he doesn't take over more? I mean, as far yeah. as like clutch points go and and his style of play and and I think I saw a statistic where he's like obviously he's leading all the rookies but he's high up there for um crunch time points and it's just like with with that ability it bothers me that sometimes I watch games or sometimes I see uh the the box score and I'm like 
why are you not letting him lose early? Like, are, are they tanking or what? Like, let this man take over more. So is it him or is it them? I I don't know. I mean, I've I've known from what I've seen of him all last year because I watched every Murray State game last year and what I've seen in the NBA this year. I think some of it is him, but the majority of the time, I want to say it's it's just because the team's young and he maybe wants to get people involved or the coach is telling him to get more people involved. But I mean, he's got to have this this effort mentality at some point, man. Because I've heard him say the pass first guy, I think two nights ago, I forget who they were playing, but I was just looking at the box score, and he had three field goal attempts through the third quarter. So it's like, I'm not sure who it is. And then sometimes I see he's only playing 28, 27 minutes a game, and yeah. they're letting Melton or Tyus Jones get run. So, And i also seen him get load management before. So I don't know who to blame, to be completely honest. Yeah, and – and I think the Grizzlies have already – like, at this point, they're playing with house money anyway uh, from a Vegas standpoint and I think expectation standpoint. So maybe they just don't seem to to really be that concerned. But, I mean, there's a lot of optimism in their young team, and uh, Ja is definitely the centerpiece of that. Uh, there was another marquee matchup. Um, I don't know if it was the same night or maybe a couple nights after, but the past and present – uh, of the Lakers kind of came full circle as everybody they traded to New Orleans came back and Zion was with them. LeBron had his squad and, and it was it was a, actually a pretty entertaining game for about three and a half quarters. Um, what was your take on the, the Zion versus LeBron matchup, although they didn't technically match up against each other? I was about to say, like, there was another superstar in that game. And he got the and Zion got the best of him. Like that's who matched up. And like I was actually impressed with Zion's defense. I think Anthony Davis went from like seven for twenty two. And if you've seen Anthony Davis play, that's don't happen. Um, so I was impressed with Zion's defense. He's a freak man. Like I I think the only thing that people can really compare him to, everyone wants to compare him to Charles Barkley or Carmelone or LeBron and the impact I have is shot. And that's what it looked like to me. Like, just the physical freak of nature that's unstoppable, gets six dunks again. Like, it looked more like Shaq than anything else. So, um, yeah, he's just a freak, man. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I, I run out of adjectives. But I will say LeBron's underrated. At some point, we got to stop, like, what are we doing? And, like, like, when's the last time he was this good? Three years ago? I mean, it's just hard to really acknowledge that he's underrated. I, I think at this point, the people who don't give him his dues, are, I mean, they're just what they are. They're haters, man. I mean, there, there's nothing the man can do besides win maybe, what, three more championships? I think that would give him six, right? Yeah. So he would have to win three more championships or something like that to maybe satisfy people. But then they would just point out, well, he lost X amount. It's like at this point he can't win, man. But there's not a better basketball player on the floor night in and night out than LeBron James. And it's not just his ability, it's his IQ and just the way he plays the game, man. I mean, he's incredible. Um, I'm a big fan of him. I know, know but we're talking talking 26-11-8. We're not talking about this guy like he's the best player in the league. It's like a toss-up. Yeah, he's not even considered MVP right now, which is a testament to Giannis uh, and how he's playing. Yeah, yeah. So, 
But I mean, I don't know. It it is kind of weird that uh, maybe it's because we got so used to this, like like the way he plays and the fact that he fills up that sheets and he does everything. I mean, he's the point guard. He's the he's the center sometimes. He's the power forward. He's the coach. He's he's their leading scorer. He's everything. You know. Um, but that's what and, I'm saying. That's what I'm. That's what I'm like. Like I guess I'm shocked by that we haven't like. Everyone before this season said this is a bust. Brian, y'all got Brian playing point guard. Like this is a bust. The Lakers can't play fast with him point guard. This is a bust. He's never really played point guard, and he goes out there and averages eleven assists and leads the league in scoring. He literally recreated himself. Like that's yeah. the stuff I'm talking about. Yeah, and he's done it with with what I consider to be lesser help. But I will say this. Um, you know, LeBron gets a, a knock for uh, what he does to bigs sometimes in regards to what he did with Chris Bosh and Kevin Love as far as their numbers went. But in a two-player system, when it's him and AD and the rest of role players, he does seem to be a whole lot better um, at controlling the game and, and getting everybody involved. And I, I have to give credit to the Lakers' uh, supporting cast. Those dudes play with a lot of energy, man. Like uh, my man, was it uh, Caruso or whatever the bald, the guy that's balding, the white guy, what's his name? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's literally playing like hustle plays, like everything's hustle plays, and he's got a little bit of talent too. But I think the energy that the Lakers play with is is why they're winning ball games as well because LeBron is leading by example. He's not he's not being the lazy version that we were used to seeing at time to time where he's kind of checked out. Um, I think a lot of that, too, has to do with the fact that he doesn't play as many minutes uh, per night as he was doing um, all those other years. And uh, maybe it's just giving him more energy to, to put forth more effort every game. I mean, he does he is yeah. out with a groin injury right now, um, but I, I don't think that's really that concerning. I think it's just something that they're just being precaution precautionary with because they do have, obviously, postseason um, aspirations. But uh, – there's really nothing negative, I think, that can be said about LeBron at this point, what he does with the basketball in his hands. You just don't like basketball if you don't like LeBron. I hate to say it. I'm not not a big fan of the guy, but you like basketball. He plays it the way you want it to be played, man. It is what it is. I mean, oh. heck, he even had clutch shots during this last week, too. He didn't, he didn't want to clutch. He didn't do clutch shots. He'd been making big plays with the passing, big plays on defense. He's getting people the ball in positions where they can be effective. He's got Danny Green looking like he can actually be good again. <laughs> you trust him with the ball? Like, come on, man. Got to give the guy credit. But um, to, to kind of touch on what you were saying about Zion, um, I did kind of get offended when somebody compared him to, to uh, rookie Shaq. But then I thought more about it and looked more about it. I looked more into it in his power game. It is true, man. Like, once the dude gets gets in position, he's got the ball. It's it's a wrap, bro. It's a wrap. That rebound that he had over Dwight Howard was the most impressive play. It was the most impressive play of the entire night to me because Zion is literally standing still, and Dwight is running backwards, like in position to to get like some um some legs underneath him when he jumps to get the rebound. Zion went from the floor, a standstill from the floor, and out jumped Dwight, who had two steps and was jumping back to get the ball. Like it was just incredible. Like he to be that big 
and to be that explosive is scary. It is very scary. And um, I know there's concerns about his weight, and, and my main concern is just the distribution of his weight when he's jumping and landing sometimes. Yeah. It just looks kind of awkward, but I don't know if that's just how he is because he's always kind of run kind of goofy anyway. But um, he he's literally exceeded, in my mind, all the detracting expectations. People said he couldn't find a way to score because he doesn't have any post games. His footwork is is pretty much phenomenal for a guy that size. He's obviously more explosive and athletic than everybody, but he doesn't need to just be under the basket to score. He he's got a consistent enough jump shot that if you leave him open, he can hit that. He's actually probably more intelligent than people give him credit for too when he's without the ball because. If you look at how he came into the system in the Pelicans, they didn't have plays designed for him. He was still getting buckets by getting rebounds, by getting in position to get a pass, working around his teammates who he'd never played with before and still finding a way to get 20-plus points a night. And then I think the most important thing is on the nights when he doesn't have it, he's still finding a way by getting to the free throw line and still being aggressive. So I like everything I see about Zion, um, and it should be noted that he did disrupt Anthony Davis. I don't know if it's because of the size or the sheer athleticism, but I mean it affected him and, and that's huge. That's huge. If you can if you can slow down a talent like Anthony Davis and, and you're that big, like we got a problem if, if we're the league. If I'm looking around the league, man, I'm hoping that's just an anomaly. I don't want to see that every night because if he can really play defense like that against a big like Anthony Davis, there's no stopping this guy. Uh, in the next six, seven years, unless he gets hurt. Yeah, no, I mean, no doubt. I mean, that's, that's, it's all the injuries. Like, that's it. Injuries, some sort of injury, stopping his athleticism. Like, those are the things that all you can really hope for. Yeah. Um, so I was excited about those matchups, and, and um, I thought it was good for the league. I was a little disappointed they didn't, they didn't give uh, Ja a little more run. I mean, I saw like one or two commercials, but everything was like Zion and LeBron, so I guess that is to be expected. Um, going into our next segment, I don't have my uh, my list up, so y'all, I apologize. We're having bedtime issues and, and everything, so I was a little, little discombobulated here. All right, so next topic which we kind of touched on when you said that you are a fan of the best player in the league by the name of Jason Tatum um <laughs> I was listening to the ringer which I should I should have never done but Ronnie when we listen to podcasts for some reason I, I chose the ringer and Bill Simmons and, and Russo are on there just going on and on and on about the Celtics um uh, how much do you believe in the Celtics right now because they are playing good basketball right now but how much do you believe this to be – like, is this the Celtics peaking or is this the Celtics finally figuring it out and there's still more to come? Are you talking regular season or playoffs? I'm optimistic for playoffs. So we, we, we're talking from, from now through the regular season into the playoffs. Do you see I, this continuing, this, I think, this style I of think, play? I think, I think Brad Stevens has shown time and time again – that he is very good at and very capable of getting a group of non-superstars to play very hard during the regular season and overachieve. We've seen that time and time and time again. 
I don't have much faith in this team during the playoffs, but I also don't think the Raptors are much better than them. So that's kind of where I landed with that. So they should be fine as long as they avoid the 76ers um, or the Bucks in the first two rounds. They should be fine. Um, I think they could beat the Raptors, but this isn't this isn't a team that has any shot of going to the finals, like zero. So one thing that, that stood out to me during the podcast, and and I was – I'm not going to lie. I kind of turned it off after he said it, but I gave it some thought because I have a long commute. Um, they were saying that Jason Tatum <laughs> – I mean, I feel, I feel crazy even repeating it, but – it it is it's a good stretch by Tatum this week, um, and, and I'll highlight him yeah, later sure. on as one of my players of the week. But they were saying that this is the coming out party of 2001 Paul Pierce, and they were like, you know, what if he he's taking this next step and he's turning into this, a superstar right before our eyes? Now I will say that the one thing that has always held the Celtics back during the post Pierce Garnett big three type thing is that they don't have go-to superstars or a go-to superstar. They thought they had it in Kyrie, but it didn't quite work out. If Tatum is truly taking this next step, does that give them somewhat of an edge over a team that I consider to be spiraling a little bit like the 76ers, even though we both agree that that would be a bad matchup for them? If Tatum is emerging, would that not give them an advantage going forward? I mean, I just think it's a horrible matchup. When you have no bigs, like, I mean, I guess if Joel's hurt, it sucks. But when you have no big, like, I don't know. Like, haven't the 76ers, like, as bad as they are, like, aren't they ahead of the season series? Like, I just think it's a bad, bad matchup. But, yeah, of course, if you have a closer and Tatum's been closing well and playing extremely well, like, absolutely lights out from the field and just really hit his spots, it seems like, that Kobe situation. I mean, he was one of Kobe's like proteges. I don't think we're talking about that enough that he's been playing really inspired since that happened. Um, so yeah, like good for him. Good for them. Like obviously having a, an elite scorer who can finish games is huge. Like that's what the playoffs is all about. That's what it comes down to. You get close and it comes down to who's can close. I mean, you saw that against the Lakers, like he was going toe to toe and trying to close that game out. So, yeah, blame ESPN for that because they, they were highlighting him without a beard and him with a beard or something like that as to when he started playing well. Not not the whole Kobe aspect. <laughs> but um, it is very um, well noted in the NBA community and basketball community that uh, Tatum uh, worked closely with Kobe. And, and I know we've got some jokes off about his uh, his change in, change in style of play last year, but it does seem to be coming together this year. And, uh, I mean, he's he's playing really well. I want to believe that he's taking the next step. Uh, but to, to think that he would take that kind of step where he could lead them to a deep playoff run is, is asking a whole lot, asking a whole lot. And um, if he does emerge to, to have taken this next step, if the Celtics – I feel like they're good enough now where where we need to start talking about – how long are we going to wait before they're like some, something that has to give that they're not meeting the expectations of basically controlling the East. I feel like the the timetable, they were, it was kind of jacked up a little because 
that one year where they were not expecting to make the playoffs, they made it and they played the Cavs. Um, and then they've had what has turned out to be decent draft picks. Um, at what point do we start talking about we need to see more? I mean, I don't think that's fair because I don't think that they ever got what we thought. They, like, their all-in move was Kyrie, but it was supposed to. It was supposed to, like, produce more than just Gordon Hayward, right? Like, that's what they ended up with with all this stuff. Yeah. But I mean, they've bought into they've bought into their to their uh, picks in Brown, Smart, and Tatum, and and I mean, moving on from Kyrie or having Kyrie move on from them kind of solidified oh, that this is their core. I guess they got yeah, Kimba. yeah, they got I Kimba. They Kimba. Yeah, I, sorry to disrespect Kimba, but yeah, so they got Kimba too. So they've they've kind of moved on from the whole idea of, of a sing, single superstar and looking to do this team aspect, and honestly. It it might work in the non big three era. Like they might be able to to make it work at least once. Catch lightning in the bottle and and find a way to win. But at what point do we stop waiting for that? Though, like when does something happen? I don't to think happen? that's fair. I don't, think, don't think it's fair, fair when like their their best two players or the people for them to be what they were saying or you're proposing them to be. The mm-hmm. two people that have to be their best two players aren't in their prime yet. I mean, they're twenty three okay. and twenty two. So that's okay. probably not fair. Like, I mean, right, you so remember we, Katie and Russ, or like them oh, yeah, twenty three, twenty two. Just yeah, yeah. So all right, we'll give it. We'll give it time. We'll give it time. All right, I'll give it time. I'll, I'll sit back. I come. I'm coming for the seventy sixes later, but I'll sit back on the Celtics. Um. So, who's trending up and who's trending down for you this week as players? Um, trending up. See, I want to give a shout out to CJ McCullough. Uh, CJ, Dame went down, everyone leaving the Portland Trailblazers for dead when Dame went down and just completely counted them out. Like and said, it was a, like almost a null and void for them. And um, CJ responded by dropping 41, 12, and 9, then 28 and 10. Like he's really trying to keep them involved, trying to keep them in it um, while Dame's been out. So I've been impressed by CJ this week, if I had to say somebody that, um, I found like did a pretty good job. Um, as far as who's been down, uh, everybody on the Heat, man. I heard a lot about the Heat, a lot about how they didn't need to make a move, a lot about all this Pat Riley stuff, and Jimmy Butler now found his way, and he's a real superstar, and all this. And them dudes are absolutely trash once everybody else start playing hard. Yeah, it hasn't been looking good for the Heat, man. Um, did you see uh, D'Angelo Russell's block on Jimmy Butler the other night? I did not, but that is just. Uh, it was like it was like for um, it was like for the the game winner, like last shot. He drove in, and it was it was he got by his defender. There was another help defender coming, but D'Angelo Russell basically stuffed him at the rim one on one. Like when he was going out for the layup, he just whole hand blocked him, knocked him down, and everything. It was. It's actually kind of surprising because we're used to seeing Jimmy kind of finish through contact and, and go up a lot stronger. But, I mean, it's kind of an indication of how their season has gone so far for the Heat, man. They just got bullied. Um, my trending up is obviously uh, Tatum. It's just an obvious pick. My trending down is uh, my boy Conley, man. What is going on in Utah? Oh, Which God. Utah is going to be my trending down team, too. Um 
since we're switching to the teams next, so I'll just go ahead and just group it together. Uh, Conley and Utah, it has been awful, awful, awful. And, and they're a team that's going backwards that I didn't anticipate when we talked last week. I didn't even consider that a possibility that they would be uh, just so poor in the in their last, like, week of basketball. But they can't get right, man. And then I think it's embarrassing when you tell the team you're benching Conley. It's reported you're benching Conley. And then it comes out that you're, you're benching Ingles or something like that, I think, right before tip-off, maybe like an hour or so before tip-off. And then there's reports that, oh, the coach didn't want Conley to be the blame uh, because he's new in town and things like that. It just looks really dysfunctional from an organization that – I mean, since the Sloan days, we haven't really seen them be that dysfunctional. I mean, even when they were trying to come back up uh, and they had um, Hayward, like they they weren't that dysfunctional. And then you got uh, Rudy Gobert uh, going public saying that, you know, the ball needs to move more, which I don't understand why he's saying that, but he's saying the ball needs to move more. So uh, it's not looking good for that team that was kind of centered in the middle of the pack or the fourth spot uh, for the uh, playoffs. So um, what do you think about teams? Who's your trending up, trending down teams? So, I mean, I talked about trending down with Miami, so I guess I would be creative. I won't say the Pacers. Um, the Clippers, man, like what is going on? <laughs> like I know they're getting up for the playoffs. I know that they can – I know that they ultimately can, like, win it and beat the Lakers, but – like, honestly, like, why are they acting like they're the Raptors and won the championship last year? Yeah, it is like, pretty. It I, is saw pretty the, I saw these dudes. I saw these dudes like the Minnesota Timberwolves without Carl Anthony Towns score 142 points. <laughs> it was bad, man. I think your brother tagged us in it, too. I was like, crap. <laughs> and then uh, uh, on the uh, gambling podcast, I, I, the- I, I picked them as well to, to like win um the to get to the NBA finals and uh Keith had texted me and was like, Are you off the train yet? I'm like, No, I'm still here. But it, it like that's concerning a little man. Like like you said, they're they're kinda playing with this attitude that they've already won. Yeah. So like I don't I mean I get it. Like they still beat the Lakers every time they play them. So it's like when they want to get up, it's like they do, but it's playing with fire. They get that four seed. I don't. I don't like it. Yeah, you don't want to make it harder than it has to be. Um, but how much of that do you attribute to some of those early rumors of uh, locker room dysfunction because Kawhi doesn't really play every night and PG's kind of back and forth on playing as well? Do you think that kind of plays into some of the lackadaisical effort from the guys around them? I don't know what that do got to do with allowing 141 points in the Timberwolves. <laughs> Man, no, that's what I'm saying. Like all those, all those other guys besides Lou Williams are supposed to be hustle guys. Like it ain't like true. they got a whole bunch of scores. It ain't like it's the Rockets where it's like everybody trying to get them up. Like and you have lack of luster effort and on if somebody sit. Like we talking about Pat Beverly, Montrez Harrell, like Maurice Harkless, like. These ain't Zubac. These ain't dudes that just efforts your way. True, true. It is It is kind of um, disheartening to see them act like this. I don't know. I mean, if anybody can kind of light a fire on them, it'll be Doc. I don't know what he's got to do to get it done. But um, 
I don't want to see too many more losses like that down the stretch. Like after All Star break, I think people need to start playing with a little bit more effort. I don't think everybody else does play with a little bit more effort. So um, I definitely don't want to see them fall into into a spot where it's going to be a struggle. Like they don't want to play Houston first round. I know that because God knows if there's anybody that Russell Westbrook wants to beat in the playoffs, it's Patrick Beverly. Right. He's going to be on a hundred million, <laughs> especially if he comes in like first round. He's going to be fresh, man. Like you don't want to do that. Um, so. I see we got somebody calling in, so if you're listening, um, just hold on. We'll we'll get to you in a second. Um, but switching uh, pace just a little bit, and we don't have to okay, stay on this topic. Turn it up. Yeah, oh, yeah, go ahead. Because uh, nobody ever talks about them, and it's just so disrespectful that nobody talks about this team. But the Milwaukee Bucks have won nine out of their last ten. They're on pace to win yeah. 71 effing games. Like, let's yeah. not just dismiss them because they lost the first time that they real, had a real chance at a playoff run. That's not fair. Everyone takes their lumps. Let's just not dismiss this team. That's all I'm saying. 71. And, and I, I'll give credit where credit is due. Um, if if for, for the way that they lost last year, um, you can tell that they've come out a lot hungrier this year as a team, as an organization. Um, and, and Giannis obviously put in um, – or Giannis, I keep saying Giannis. Giannis put in a lot of work over the off season, um <laughs> not just playing Fortnite, but he put in a lot of work over the off season and, and he's paying dividends. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for him. I'm happy for him. I hope it continues. I would love to see them um, get to the finals um, just to kind of – get some revenge, hopefully against the Clippers, because I picked the Clippers to get there, but just kind of, you know, get back to where they need to be and uh, put themselves in a position to win a championship. Um, I guess my trending up, my trending up probably would be the Bucks too, as a, as a team. That that win against the Raptors was pretty impressive, because the Raptors haven't been chopped liver. They've, they've had a pretty decent run, too. Um, I think they won maybe eight of their last ten or something like that, but one of those losses was the Bucks. so um, it's not like they're not keeping pace or, or falling down. And Toronto is a tough place to play. They were as healthy as they've been all year, and the Bucks just came in and handled them, man. So you got to give them props. And I think that's a statement game to kind of let them know and let the rest of the Eastern Conference know, like, this team is for real. There will be no drop-off in the second half of the season. So um, real real good win for that team, and, and uh, real nice to see them stay focused. Um, we, I'll let you speak on this because you're TLS, and it'll be real quick. Should Steph come back? Hell no. <laughs> Why what? are they trying to bring For him who? back in general? Yeah, I don't understand. And I feel like Kerr is. is I feel like Kerr doesn't want him to come back, but somebody he else doesn't. does because Kerr Steph like wants he, him he to come back. Okay, all right, that would make sense because he made up that bogus like thing about them uh, not looking. Um, comfortable during 5-on-5 or something like that. And I was like, what? They just said he was coming back. He was coming back Sunday, and now all of a sudden he doesn't look comfortable in 5-on-5. He would have did the 5-on-5 stuff before he was cleared to come back in general. So that's just a, a terrible excuse. But, I mean, what it is. What it is, is. is like, so no one in the organization wants him to come back. They don't want him messing up a draft pick. They want to get yeah. a good look at Wiggins, like, as the guy, like, and drive his stock up. Like, they want none of that. But – you literally cannot tell someone that they can't come play if they're cleared to play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they so. trying to buy time to convince him not to play, but he like, I do what I want. 
Okay. I mean, that would make sense. And it, it is would, a hand. We, yeah. That's that's what I you was know, thinking like, too. Is, <laughs> it's it's a lot of it's people don't understand in foot. There, there's a lot of like little bones and stuff in there. Like when you injure your hand or foot, it does take a long time to heal, and it's a pretty delicate situation. Because I think we've seen a couple guys, uh, mostly in football though, where they get foot injuries, they break something in their foot, and it it does take a while for it to heal. And if they come back too early, I mean, it doesn't take much. It's just a a, a step or push off that could re-injure that particular bone. And then in your hand, it's probably even worse in like basketball and, and uh, baseball where they're constantly using their hands anyway uh, to, to catch the ball and, and there's always contact with the hands. It's it's delicate. So I, I understand Steph wanting to come back if, if it's him trying to be competitive. But if it's somebody in the organization, I'm really scratching my head like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you bringing him back? I mean, Draymond's been on – on, his, I can't remember what his last injury was. I think it was something to do with his like growing or something like that. I'm like, dude, you haven't played enough to injure like your lower body. <laughs> How did you hurt it? it? Wasn't like he did anything before All Star right. break, but now, now he's got a, a growing injury. I'm like, all right. Um, I, the Warriors will be something that we'll touch on later in the season because I'm pretty sure we got a master plan, and I think we're we're kind of hip to it, but. I'm scared to say what it is because if it is indeed true, some of the rumors going around, I might not watch the NBA nope. next year. <laughs> not happening. Don't worry I might not watch it. Giannis, um, Giannis ain't no front runner. God, I hope not, man. But every time Steph talks to somebody like he does with the little uh, face in the shirt thing, they do end up coming to the squad. That's how they got my man uh, Kevin Durant. Sheesh. But uh, we're going to go ahead and check out this call. I think this is uh, Akeem. 9136. Oh, is. is this Akeem? What's up, you bandwagon jumping bammers? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Akeem, man? What's up, bro? Hey, look. You want, gonna, gonna, Yo. Go ahead. Say what? I was gonna you want to talk about the Blazers, Akeem? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> This ain't no hotline, man. You can't call in because you depressed. No, I'm not depressed. It's just, hey, just wasn't that hasn't been our year so far, you know. I, well, I've been right the last three years. Corey, you know, let, let him rub it in this year. He got it. Shoot. They got it. What they hey, in this year, so. Hey, 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 hey. I just want to let you know you can call me bandwagon all you want, but I'm pretty sure you tagged me <laughs> as a post and laughed about my thunder. Um, and they looking good this year, too. Listen, listen. But as a matter of fact, and you know who you know that's funny they are better this year because of one guy that left the team. No, as a matter of fact, two guys have left the team. But one guy that's been there forever and it's mighty funny they're the first seed behind the Houston Rockets. But hey, I digress. You know, hey. You mean, I mean you if mean it weren't for that been, one you guy. Mean the, you mean the guy hold on, hold on. You mean the guy that's been the best player in the NBA in two thousand twenty? Plotting on the Rockets, they're gonna get coronavirus. Oh my god, it'd be awful. 
Um, I mean, all they got to do is send some strippers to uh, to James Harden. That'll be the end of him. But Westbrook seems to be a far more focused player. And he's he's good enough to get them out the first round by himself, for sure. Um, well, I wouldn't hold my breath, but man, it might be it might be their year. <laughs> I mean, nah, we, we hold on. It ain't gonna be their year, but I mean, they could get out the first round. After that, nah, nah, they they're not beating the, the Lakers in the seven game series. Not not with that current nah, lineup that they have. I'm still tight about the Thunder, though. I was like, yo, I just I bet this man $100 that they weren't even going to come close to the playoffs. <laughs> and these fools in the fish spot. I'm like, yo, what, what happened? <laughs> yo, hey, look, man, if you got a point guard that knows how to play the game, I'm telling you, it's it's like it's yo, like having a good quarterback, too. Chris Paul all this credit. Nope, yo, I'm Shane giving him all the Alexander credit. Yo, Alexander the one balling. Man, can we give Billy Donovan the credit, though? Nah, heck yeah, nah, yeah, man. That's fair. That's Forget real. Billy Donovan, man. Oh, six-man rotation having looking boy, man. Him and uh, Scott Brooks can go kick rocks, man. Lost me so much freaking uh, money. I don't even want to get on that rant, man. Stupid. Oh, my goodness. Hey, y'all but, think uh, the might sneak in the A-spot? Who? Y'all think, what, what do you think, Orlando's going to hold off all the Wizards from the A-spot? Yeah. We we, we Man, talked what? about this last week. We're not we're not discussing <laughs> we're not discussing the A spot in the East. But no, oh, hey, look, okay. since I got you on though, Akeem, since I got you on, because uh, this this is gonna be our next uh, segment. I wanted to get your input uh-huh. on it. Um, so the Seventy Sixers are are up and down right now. There's a lot going on uh-huh. in the organization. Um, who do you blame for the dysfunction? In the uh, Philadelphia 76ers organization right now, is it is it Elton Brand? Is it the coach? Is it the players? Like, what's going on? Well, I think everybody gets a piece of that pie, but mainly their two best players. <laughs> and Bean can't stay healthy for the life of me. I mean, he's talking a good game. What he said a week ago, he was the best player in the league, and now he's hurt again. Like, no. Like, I don't want to hear nothing from Embiid, man. He he just I mean he talks a good game. I mean he can he can back it up, but he's never on the floor. It'll be a miracle. And then Simmons, man, listen. I like the guy, I like his game, but I'm not gonna put him at the top echelon of NBA players unless he does the one thing at least within ten, twelve feet. If he can do that. Because and uh but Brett Brown yeah, he he deserves some blame because the Sixers really shouldn't be the way they are, to be honest with you. They, for them to be a six seed, uh, nah, that, that's that's rough. When you have NBA Finals expectations, huh? I mean, I hear people on the TV were talking about them getting to the Finals, and I'm like, yeah, that ain't the move, man. But as far as Elton Brown, I think he put a he put a bad collection of dudes around their two best players. But back to those two, I just don't don't think those two think I don't think they mesh well together. To be honest with you, I just I think it's going to come down to the point where I really see one of them getting traded. And personally, I think it's going to be Embiid because Simmons is reliable; he can stay on the floor. But as I say that, he's going to be out for a minute. So, I mean, it is what it is. I think. I think that's an interesting um, 
um, take because I was going to ask uh, Corey to you know follow up on on his take as well. But I just wanted to say I was looking at a game the other night and they put up a graphic um, about what the plus minus was when Embiid and Simmons were on the floor and what what they look like with them off the floor. And the team the team's better with Embiid by the numbers. I don't know if people want to believe that. But the team is better with Embiid by the numbers. I mean, maybe it's because he's got a little bit more uh, scoring ability than Simmons. But it's it's hard to it's hard to look at this team in my mind and say that Embiid's the one that needs to go because he's so good when he's on the floor. But like you said, availability is is part of the equation. And if he's not consistently available, then what do you have, Corey? What's your take exactly. on the Seventy Sixers organization? Yeah, so I, I'll start ending there. Well, one, the sample size is a lot lower because Ben Simmons is always on the floor and Embiid's not. So what are we yeah. talking about? Like the times that Simmons on the floor, you play 35 minutes a game, you play 75 games a year. Like it just ain't that much time that we're talking about here. So that's mm-hmm. one. Um, two, I think it's easier to build a team around Ben Simmons. One, like you can do what the whole NBA is doing with like shooters around when Ben Sim- when Mbee's not on the floor, that one stretch Ben Simmons was playing out of this world for mm-hmm. like that week or two that um, Mbee was out. And then secondly, it's easier to bet around Ben Simmons because like he's on the floor, <laughs> so you can't build around Joel Embiid and then him miss thirty five games or whatever he's gonna miss. So that's the first thing. Second thing is Brett Brown's gotta go. He's the first one that's gotta go. It's been too many years. And then two is Elton Brand. I don't know why they thought this Al Horford thing would work, but they were a bounce away from probably going to NBA Finals last year, like a lucky bounce. And they decided to scrap the team and get Al Horford to go with Embiid and Simpson's poor spacing. That will never make sense to me. So, like, Embiid and Simmons don't fit well, I, and that's like obvious, but I don't think it's a situation where they can't coincide together. If you put three shooters around them and give them a good coach, I think it can work. But you can't just put a bad coach with no spacing. Like, of course it's going to look, it's going to just make everything look worse. Yeah, they they did kind of seem like they gave up a little too quickly. Um, I, I put most of the blame on Brent uh, Brown. I, I've been saying that Pretty much every every game that they're that they're getting blown out, I'm like it doesn't even matter that most of the time they come back. I'm still like yo, Brent gotta go, man. Like these dudes ain't listening to him. They not really responding. They just kind of out here doing whatever they want to do. I think to me the most concerning thing about the 76ers is their lack of focus when they're on the road and you're sitting in the six seed, man. You you ain't gonna you ain't gonna get many home games, you know, like. If if they were a one or two seed, then I wouldn't be as concerned. But like they're gonna have to like buckle up and, and play tough on the road. It just doesn't seem like this team has that that mojo, man. Like if it's if it's tough on them, it, you know, same thing I say about uh, Luca jokingly. But if you lean on the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, they kind of will. They kind of back off a little. Um, and and I think some of that is just. It starts at the coach, but also reflects on the floor and, and, and what they lack in leadership. 
per se, because I mean they're still a young team. Like their their core is young. Like if you're building around Embiid and Simmons, like they're still kids themselves. So they would need a structured coach, somebody that can really teach and also be authoritative. And I I just don't feel like Brent can get it done, man. And I don't know what Elton was thinking. I've never been a big fan of Al Horford, but I thought for a second it, it might work a little bit, but he's showing his age now. And uh, I, I know there was one game where him and Embiid shot like 33s. Like, you can't have that. You just you just can't. You can't. Like, they were combined. He's got a big contract, like, don't he? Yeah, I think him and Tobias got big contracts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, huge. Yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah. Tobias Harris. Oh, mention him. Yeah. Man, well, they, they tried to build him up like he was going to be a, a star or, or he could uh, come in and be that third wheel. But I'm like, dude, Tobias was getting pushed out by uh, Aaron Gordon in, in Orlando. I don't know what they were thinking. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. But, Akeem, yeah, had, thanks for calling, yeah, bro. You guys, yeah, they did. But as we know, Jimmy can't coexist with, with soft people. <laughs> um, uh, but I was going to say Akeem, before you go You got anything you want to say in, in parting? Nah, man I'm just going to finish watching the rest of this Blazers game This miserable season we have <laughs> hey, look, hey, chill out, man I'm Let me go fade <laughs> Hey, you on the Lakers bandwagon now, man Shoot, nah, hey, man, I'm a long nah, range now <laughs> J- Jason Kidd Jason Kidd I'm grandfathered in because I don't know if you were in the group, but I basically came in and said Jason Kidd was the best point guard of all time, and Corey ragged me for it. And I've literally supported Jason Kidd's coaching career. Like they've and literally coined this the, dude, the Jason, president Jason of Kidd, Jason the Kidd. only Jason Kidd, the only person in the history of the NBA to shut down Giannis. Oh wow! Wow! I had wow. to deal. With, came, I, I had to deal with that for two years, man. See, I, even I was like, yo, why they got this? What? I'm like, yo, why they got this six eleven dude who literally can't anyone stop from dunking, running pick and rolls at half court? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't shoot a lick. He couldn't shoot a lick, and they just kept having him in these spots where he had to pull up for jump shots. Oh my God! It was, well, it was painful. The man. Wizards had painful. the Wizards had to pick before the Bucks, so I can't. Hey, hey, they're gonna have to eat that. Yeah. Damn. Well, if you, if you Damn. Do, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I got a quick question. Can I do something mm-hmm. real quick? Yeah. Can yeah. I read this uh, Trailblazers lineup that's on the court? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, bro. Nurkic is not Look, healthy, Trevor, bro. Hold on, Allen. Allen, not even being funny. Tell me how many of these players you actually know, Alan, and you watch and you gamble. <laughs> um, Trevor Ariza, Gary Trent Jr., I don't know. I think this Caleb Swan again. Not yeah, that's little. Swan again. And, and that's your little. And Simons, and Anthony Simons. That's who's on the floor right now. Right. <laughs> we got three, we got three first-year, second-year guys. We got little. Oh, my God. Trent and Simons. I like the, I like those three. We should have got trouble like reading about two, three years ago. I, w- I will say this. The only reason why I know most of them is because I follow uh, gambling uh, hardcore in college basketball, too. So that's, true. that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> that's so bad. Hey, look, man, I'm not going to let you bash my man, Akeem. He's our first caller, yo. You can't do that, yo. We're going to get canceled. Thank you for calling, Akeem. <laughs> 
No it, doubt, it, we'll, we'll get him back. We'll yo. get him back. West, Westbrook will <laughs> slow down eventually. We'll get him back. Oh, of course. Of course. We know this. <laughs> All right, bro. Hey, look, um, so we're going to wrap up with our last, se- last segment. Couldn't get the sound bite, so y'all, excuse me. I think we're allowed to say at least one curse word anyway if we like FCC, so fuck out of here is the name of the last segment. Uh, Corey, you got a couple minutes to rant about something that you heard this week in basketball that just made you go, fuck out of here. The most absurd thing that I've heard in 2020 and I do not want to hear myself called a hater because I gave this person mad props earlier. But I heard someone on ESPN say that Jason Tatum has propelled himself into the MVP conversation. And I would just <laughs> like to say, get the entire fuck out of here. This dude it shouldn't even make an all-NBA team. He's averaging 23 points and, like, four assists. I can think of 20 players that have had a better season than Jason Tatum. So MVP conversation, please get the fuck out of here. I hate when they do this. They pick a golden child, and they want to annoy them so bad that they can do no wrong when they suck, and they're the greatest thing ever when they're great. So Jason Tatum, fuck out of here. And what happened to all the, uh, the salt team Luka hype? I see they've got my quiet lately. Dude, I haven't heard of – I don't think we've had a Luca post in, like, weeks. God darn. Is he hurt? Did he come back? Oh, he came back. He definitely Dang. came back. I mean, he's still playing. I ain't, it ain't like he trusts, but, like, I've seen a lot more 7 for 16 type days. <laughs> well, I mean, I I was one of the loudest people saying that when it gets tough, like, it's significant drop in, in production or at least efficiency, like he's still going to have numbers, but those percentages go down pretty low to like average, um, the average um, percentages when you're looking at some of his shooting percentages when, when things get tough. So, um, but yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. I haven't seen a Luca Luca post in a hot minute. Um, I'm going to go a little off away from um, current basketball. I just want to say, yo, I'm so sick of hearing about Chris Paul and the Lakers trade. Man, my girl Taylor had him on for an interview or something or whatever, man, and and I follow her on Twitter, so I get the alerts, and he just kept talking about, you know, we're done wrong, and, and, you know, the Banana Boat crew was going to get together at one point, this and that. Yo, fuck out of here, man. Just let it go. Let it go, dog. Let it go. You're never going to get an NBA championship. You're still going to have a great career. It's fine. It's happened to other great players. But even if he had joined that Lakers team, there's no telling what would have happened to the to the dynamic of the of the team in the sense that Chris Paul is kind of difficult to play with from time to time. I mean, he had uh, Blake Griffin and DeAndre in them, and they didn't seem to care for him too much either. And their success was, was hindered by the lack of chemistry that they had on the court during crunch time and when things got tough. So it's no telling what would have happened if he had even went to the NBA. I don't think it's a conspiracy anymore, man. I'm just tired of hearing about it. So fuck out of here, Chris Paul. Go somewhere, sit down. You got Carlton Banks in your commercials now. Yo, you're falling off. You're falling off. Let it go. I could do without Chris Paul ever talking. <laughs> but I will say this though, Taylor looked good in those jeans, man. They were bowling too. Nah, I, couldn't, I couldn't turn it off. I couldn't turn it off. I, Dang. 
Yeah, she's been trying to get on her. Never mind. I can't say that out loud. Never mind. Yep. Don't you say it. Don't you say it because I miss her too. (laughs) And she fell off a little. Oh, man. I blame the Warriors for that. I blame the Warriors for that. They used her and and spit her back out. You can tell too, man. They don't even. I don't even want to talk about it, yo. We'll, We'll have that conversation on the side. Anyway, this has been. The IBM Weekly NBA Podcast. Uh, Akeem called in. We will take calls from time to time. People who listen to the show. But support the brand. Give us some stars or whatever. Give us feedback. If you talk about that time, I'm going to try to get Reese and, and Malone in to do some table discussion on some of the more um, intense topics as well to kind of state what they think as a panel. And uh, we will work on that format here in the next couple weeks. But all right, thanks for calling in again, man. This has been IBS East Corson on the IBM Weekly Podcast and Route.